Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN 5 Things. I'm David Brind. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And if you're working through all those leftovers, I feel you. Let's get into it. Before 2020, this weekend on the calendar usually marked the start of the holiday movie season at your local theater. Of course, that all changed when the pandemic hit. Last November, most of us were still stuck inside, away from our families, and so we just streamed whatever was on Netflix or Hulu. I know I did. Fast forward a year later. What are you most excited about being here today? <laughs> I, I'm excited for the reclined seats. <laughs> Sit back in the air condition and watch a nice movie on the big screen. It's been a long time. Vaccines are here, people are venturing back out to the theater to watch new movies, but those new movies are also on streaming services at the same time, thanks to an unprecedented experiment. The experiment is basically this. Before the pandemic, movies would be exclusive to theaters for a number of weeks before you were able to rent or stream them. As vaccines became available, some studios like Warner Brothers said, let's make our movies available on streaming right away. That way people who aren't comfortable going back to the theater can watch them from the comfort of their living room, and we can make some money from people who subscribe to our streaming service just to see these new movies. In the case of Warner Brothers, that new streaming service was HBO Max, and I should mention here that CNN is also a part of Warner Media. But the gamble here was that people might find this way of seeing new movies so convenient that they may never go back to the theater ever again. So I want to spend five minutes with Lisa Respers France from our entertainment team to see how it's all been going. Lisa, has this experiment been successful? It's, it's unprecedented, and I think that Hollywood is still trying to figure it out. You know, it, it's, it can be difficult for us in the media to figure it out because streaming services often are extremely reluctant to release their numbers. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult for us to compare it to box office when they're not very forthcoming with the information. But you have some productions like the latest James Bond movie. James Bond. I interviewed Daniel Craig, and in speaking with him, he said he absolutely felt like this was a movie that needed to be seen in theaters. Why is it so important that people see this film in the theater? We've had a couple of really tough years behind us, and everything has to be put in perspective. A Bond movie going into the cinema is sort of low down the list of priorities, but it, it, that's where they belong. That's where movies like this belong, where all movies belong, in my opinion. Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? It was only shown in theaters, and it proved to be pretty popular. People came out and went to the movie theaters in order to see it. Yeah, I'm thinking about when Christopher Nolan, the director, called HBO Max the worst streaming service when Warner Brothers announced they would stream all their 2021 movies. Do you think that mindset will persist, or will we see more filmmakers and studios fully embrace the streaming model? I think at the end of the day, people really want to do whatever is going to make them money. So if a celebrity, a star of a film or the director works it into their contract that they get a piece of the streaming, I think they'll be perfectly fine with streaming. But right now, the traditional thought process about it is that the big bucks is really in the box office. Yeah. That's what they negotiate to get a percentage of those receipts. And so a lot of people are going that way. I think with Daniel Craig, it's interesting because he... This was his last James Bond movie, and he felt like this was a film that he kept reiterating to me when I talked to him that really was made for the big screen with all the fight scenes and the car chases and things like that. We're, we're a very social species, ordinarily, 
and we need to get out there and experience a few things together. I'm just very grateful that we're here and that people can go and see this film in the cinemas. And we have an extraordinary soundtrack by Hans Zimmer, which is just stupendous. And it needs to be loud and big. And when it is, it's great. He just did not feel like you could get the same type of energy and the same type of experience, even if you're watching it at home on your big screen TV. Not everyone has that personal a connection to the art. We'd like to think that they do. Um, I know certainly actors like to make us think that they feel that connection with the art. But I think ultimately the bottom line is it comes down to the green. People really want to make sure that they're going to be making as much money as possible off these projects that they're participating in. I've been having dreams about a girl falling in battle. Felt like a vision. Right, you mentioned the streaming services and the numbers because we see a movie like Dune that comes out in theaters, but also on HBO Max. The future of House Atreides. You have to be ready. Do we get a sense that titles like that are attracting new subscribers to those services? I think so, because even if you have people who go into a movie theater to see a film, sometimes they want to also watch it again at home. We very much become a binge society and we now want to have content available at our fingertips. So sometimes if it's a film like a Dune, that's a big production. Fear is the mind killer. You can see it in the theater and you may still want to check it out at home again. And so I think people are drawn to the streaming services for that very reason. And also, you know, it's getting colder. You know, the, the seasons are changing. Sometimes people just want to stay in and just enjoy something in the privacy of their home. You get to control it more. You can pause and get up and go grab more popcorn that you don't have to pay, you know, $20 for. You can run to the restroom and know that you're not going to miss anything. So I think that sense of control that the consumer has gotten used to because of the pandemic is not something that they're going to easily want to release. Yeah, for sure. Um, so whether I go to a theater or whether I sink further into my couch, what movies should I be seeing as we start to get into like the more serious awards conversation? What's out there that we should be paying attention to? Well, if you're talking about what are potential contenders for the Academy Awards, I know a lot of people want to catch those um, so that they can feel like yeah. they're ready for award season. There's a lot of conversation about Belfast. You know who you are, don't you? Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. Hey, buddy! Your mom's calling you It's a black and white film directed by Kenneth Branagh based on his childhood growing up. Um, there's been a lot of interest in that. Hmm. The Power of the Dog is another one that people have talked about. And King Richard, which is going to be on HBO Max and in theaters. Watch him hit a few balls. All right. So tell me your names again. I'm Venus. I'm Serena. It stars Will Smith, and it's about the life of Venus and Serena Williams' dad. There's a lot of excitement around that. Will Smith stars in it. Lots of people have been saying that this could potentially win him his first Academy Award for acting. He's an executive producer, as are the Williams sisters. I don't consider myself to be a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. And I have to say, I haven't seen House of Gucci yet, but I want to give it my own award just based off the trailer. It's the honorary Oscar for most questionable Italian accents. 
Yes, Lady Gaga apparently did not want to break character, but already people are saying that the uh, accents in that movie are not the greatest. If you are Gucci, you need to dress the part. It's chic. But it's an interesting backstory. If you're into true crime and you're interested, like someone like me, I'm very into true crime. I think I've watched every documentary that there is, including the latest one on Discovery Plus about the House of Gucci and that particular murder. So sometimes people like to hate watch. They'll go to see something just because they've heard that it's bad and they want to check it out for themselves. All right. Well, uh, Lisa Respers France, thanks for being uh, my personal movie phone for a few minutes. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Take care. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's a little bit of what's happening this week. On Wednesday, the future of Roe v. Wade will hang in the balance at the Supreme Court. Justices will hear oral arguments on a restricted Mississippi abortion law, which bars most abortions at just 15 weeks. The court has not heard a case so directly challenging Roe in nearly 30 years. Also this week, the final stage of jury selection begins in the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell. Jeffrey Epstein's longtime girlfriend and associate is charged with a number of sex trafficking-related offenses. She's pleaded not guilty to all charges. All right, that's it for us. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohamed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. I'll be back next Sunday, but remember, the Five Things team is here all week bringing you the latest headlines starting tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. You can check us out on your smart speaker or follow CNN Five Things wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you later.